Hey, this is Jim and Scott with the Overtime Football League. Overtime Football League, let's go! Welcome back to another edition of the Overtime Sports League. I am Jim Lorgan, your host. I'm joined here once again by my friend Dub. Uh, Scott is out once again. He will be back in our next episode, hopefully. And I guess we have our main replacement. Dub, how are you doing today? Doing great, Jim. Thanks again for having me on the show. Uh, and let's talk about the games coming up this week. Well, I guess we can. Uh, so, what today is really going to be is just going over our weekly pack segment. Just a show where we go over each and every game, uh, touch on a little bit of everything, and kind of pick who we think is going to win these games. So, uh, I guess we'll start off to talking about right now the Thursday night game. So, currently, as we're starting recording this, there is 226 left in the second quarter, and Seattle is up 10 to 0 on the Rams. Uh, what do you think about this game, Dub? I'm thinking Seattle's going to pull this one out. They've they've been looking dominating all night, at least defensively. You know, give or you know, take that as you will against an offense as uh, um, as awful as the Rams may be. But I think Seattle's going to pull this one out. Uh, I guess we should have learned from our lesson last uh, on Sunday when we decided to talk about the Cowboys game and say that we really thought the Cowboys were going to win, and uh, we were wrong there. Yeah, you're right, but I think Seattle. I think this game is a little different. Uh, the Rams are much worse than, you know. There's a much different, bigger uh, gap in skill between the Rams and the Seattle. At least Todd Gurley has been looking competent tonight thus far. He has nine rushes for 46 uh, at the moment and busted off a long one of 22 earlier in the game. And uh, we can maybe talk about that at the end of the podcast. See where they are at that point. But why don't we get into a rare Saturday game? There is a Saturday game that's getting played this week between the Dolphins and the Jets. What do you think about this game? Yeah, kind of interesting that this one's being played on Saturday. Not a very big market game. Um, obviously, the Dolphins still fighting very hard for that last wild card spot. They're currently in the seventh seed in the AFC, right behind the Broncos and the Raiders, who are in the fi- uh, the sixth and fifth seeds. Um, I'm thinking Dolphins win this one, despite Matt Moore um, ha- uh, having to come in for an injured Ryan Tannehill. I think the Jets just right now are you know kind of in a tailspin, despite their win last week against the 49ers. Um, I don't think they'll be able to match up well with the Dolphins' energy this week. Yeah, Brandon Marshall, he has not looked the same. When he was last season, he was kind of the cornerstone of that offense, and he looked really good, and he started off the season pretty hot. He has 744 on 744 yards on the season, but he just hasn't looked the same really for a while, and Robbie Anderson has really been the target uh, currently going forward by Bryce Petty. Yeah, and Bryce Petty, just now that you mentioned him, um, I don't think is a, is a starting caliber uh, quarterback in the NFL. Well, I don't think Todd Bowles thought that either, and that's why he was waiting so long to put him out there. Even yeah. though he was getting all the flack, you're he very, knew he wasn't ready. You're very, you're very right. Yeah, um, I that's that's part of the reason why I don't think the the Dolphins' defense is sneaky good. They're they've got the pieces in the right places. You know, it's just a matter of coming together every Sunday, and I think you know, or Saturday in this case, and I think they will this Saturday against a Jets uh, Jets offense that has the pieces you know at running back at wide receiver but no quarterback competent enough to run an offense I think the Dolphins were overrated as it was already I I know that you're high on them but they are even though they're eight and five this year their net points they're at negative 20 
their defense has allowed 301 points already, and uh, I know Cameron Wake, he's immortal. What is he, like 36 now and he's still rocking out? But I don't think they're that great. Yeah, and just to clarify, I am not. I do not think the Dolphins will make the playoffs. I think the teams oh, above them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think the teams above them. I think even despite the Ravens right now being in like the eighth seed, I, I foresee the Dolphins lo- or winning this game but then losing out um, and just missing, you know, maybe, maybe in the eighth seed spot uh, for the playoffs. I don't see the Dolphins making the playoffs. I, I agree with you, Jim. I think they're overrated, but against a Jets team that has just struggled to, f- to play a complete game really all season, I, I don't see them losing this game. Moving on to the next game, we got the Packers and the Bears. Packers are 7-6 and six, uh, and playing the Bears 3-10 and 10 this year. This is supposed to be one of the coldest games on record. It's going to be about negative 1 with a windshield of negative 22 this game. So what are you thinking for this uh, new ice bowl? And this is where I kind of struggle picking a certain team. The Packers, obviously, I think are the hot choice right now. Explosive offense, at least passing offense um, the past few weeks and a defense that's emerging. I foresee this being a low-scoring game, something like, you know, 14 to 10 or, you know, 10 to 7, something like that. I think the Packers will pull it out, but I think the Bears are going to hang in there um, because that that football is going to be a rock and it's going to be hard to run an an efficient passing offense with it being so cold. That is very true. Uh, One thing about Aaron Rodgers is he has looked phenomenal in December. Uh, he might not look as like that stone warrior type that Brett Favre was because Aaron Rodgers wears the sleeves and everything and makes it known that he's cold, but he is on. And if it is a problem that with the passing game and how cold it is and everything, then the Packers might be in trouble because they are not as good at running the ball in, like, in any regard. Eddie Lacy, Eddie Lacy is still the leading rusher for that team, and he hasn't played in a very long time. But on the other side, Jordan Howard has looked phenomenal this year. Yeah, it went, you know, speaking of the running game for both teams, the Bears, again, I think they have the pieces. They have a very underrated offensive line, um, as well as a couple guys that are very good. The rookie Jordan Howard, as long as they do have a guy. Jeremy Langford has been kind of inconsistent all year. He lost his starting job, but he's still someone that can put yards up. Um and when you uh, with the Packers, when you have a converted wide receiver right now as your as your leading running back, along with Christine Michael, who is on his um, third NFL team this year, I, I just it, it's going to be hard for the this year. Packers, he's on his third or, or excuse me, I said did I say third? I meant second team. Okay. My bad. Yeah, so he was with the Hawks, and then um, coming to the Packers. Um, so yeah, I I just don't see the Packers running attack being able to keep up. But if the passing offense, you know, can get going if they can get some good screen passes and kind of have that as their makeshift run game. I think they'll win it for sure. And don't underrate the revenge game narrative here. One, we got Josh Sitton now playing for the Bears, who's having a Pro Bowl type season. And the bigger storyline, Justin Perillo, the tight end cut by the Packers, uh, picked up by the Bears, uh, uh, what is it, their practice squad. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I I think there's certainly a degree of revenge that could be played out in this game. Um, But I, I, especially because it's a, it's a bitter rivalry, um, you know, hopefully there's good, you know, good feelings between everyone after the game, especially Josh Sitton and the Packers, despite what happened. But, you know, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, Boo on that. I like a rough (laughs) game and people getting into it. Always fun to watch those kind of games, but 
you know, you don't want anyone getting hurt, obviously. And a game that might get a little bit rough this weekend, the Browns and the Bills. Marcel Darius promised a win. Sammy Watkins coming out and saying, if the Bills don't win, it might get ugly. And uh, the Browns own 13 against this year and going against my Bills 6-7. and seven, And I am nervous. I don't know. Something bad, bad voodoo is going around with this Bills team. And I don't, want to, be weird. I don't want to scare you, Jim, but I think this is like kind of the perfect scenario for the Browns to win you got a team that has certainly it's certainly in a tailspin right now you know they had a promising season the first uh you know first half of the season but since then just you know they've dropped a third in the AFC East um there's talks about benching Tyrod Taylor talks about firing Rex Ryan before the um the year ends this is a team that's vulnerable, and the Browns, if they come prepared, if they come motivated, can certainly beat a Bill, this Bills team who just haven't looked like they have any energy on either side of the ball. Well, they might not have a lot of help. Lorenzo Alexander, who's played great, might be out. Charles Clay and Sammy Watkins all might be out. So this could be a bad game, and it is kind of weird that the Browns have this much power now that basically if any team loses to them, that coach is going to get fired. Yeah, I, 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 I wholeheartedly believe the Browns are going to win this game um, as much Whoa, as it might pay are you, you, Are you locking it up? I, I'm locking it up on the Browns. I'm thinking this okay. is gonna, they're going to go 1-15. This is going to be the one week that they win. Um, again, like I was saying, I think it's just kind of the perfect storm for the Browns to come in and get their first win finally and you know end, end the suffering on their part. Uh, Browns, do yourself a favor. Lose this game. Uh, you do not want to take a chance of, you know, jeopardizing that number one pick. But on the other hand, a one in fifteen season, people forget about an zero in sixteen season. That's got some stink on it. People do not forget about that light like really quickly, and that's going to be sticking with you for a while. Uh, one game that you were talked about, a team that you think might be doing well, Dub, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. They are going against the Eagles this week. What are you thinking about that game? Another, so basically with the Ravens, they're a game behind the Steelers right now in the AFC North. They essentially need to win out in order to make the playoffs. The Steelers, well, they are four and zero in the division, true. which is good. They are, and they do have that head to head over Pittsburgh. So, you know, if Pittsburgh loses once and then they win out, you know, they, even if they beat the Ravens and the Ravens win out, you know, there could be some interesting tiebreakers going on. But regardless. The Ravens need to win this game. I think they do against an Eagles team that, uh, again, just their offense cannot match up against the NFL's stingiest defense in the Ravens. Um, the Eagles have no offensive playmakers really beyond, you know, it, I can't even say. I was going to say Darren Sproles and Jordan Matthews, but even those guys are super inconsistent. Darren Sproles obviously very, you know, getting up there in age, and Jordan Matthews just not proving himself as a number one receiver this year. I have to agree. Carson Wentz has not looked the same in the past couple weeks, uh, and it's it's going to be interesting this game to see what really happens. But Joe Flacco has turned his season around, and I think that they're going to pull it out here. Yeah, I agree with you, Jim. I think you know, <laughs> bitter division. You know, obviously I'm a Steelers fan, so this is this pains me to say, but I think the Ravens are going to win this game, and I think. You know, just forecasting a little bit in the future, the the division's going to come down to the last game of this or the game, uh, the second to last game of the season between the Steelers and the Ravens. So, well, moving on to the next game, uh, staying in that same conference, we have two teams that have been looking pretty great lately: uh, the seven and six Titans and the ten and three Chiefs. Who are you taking there? 
you know, conventional wisdom tells me to take the Chiefs. Um, I kind of like the Titans, though, as an underdog that's really starting to, to come on. Their offense is very underrated with that, that rushing attack of DeMarco Murray and uh, Derrick Henry, as well as Marcus Mariota as a run-pass threat. Um, I, I, th- I think the Titans are going to pull a close one here. They're going to beat the Chiefs. Um, I think it could go either way, but I think it's going to be a close one. I think uh, the Chiefs are going to pull off this game. They have been really underrated. This is the underrated bowl, the underrated game. And Alex Smith, I think he's been playing great. And the thing about him, he doesn't put up those flashy plays or anything, but he does not turn the ball over. He is a consistent quarterback. He's been a good quarterback. And I would take him over, like, Cam Newton at this point. I would... I think he is an underrated quarterback, and he deserves some more respect. Yeah, I agree with you, Jim. Um, the one thing that concerns me about the Chiefs' offense is they've kind of been lacking kind of that you know that big play uh, player the last few weeks. Yeah, they've had Tyreek Hill pull off a couple big plays, but he's inconsistent. He's not a consistent big play threat like you know if they had a deep threat receiver, um, Jeremy Macklin or even Spencer Ware. None of those guys are really start. You know, Jeremy Macklin's been out for for you know since last until last week but I think the Chiefs need to find you know that playmaker on offense maybe it'll, it will be Tyreek Hill hopefully they he Tyreek Hill is great uh, he is I thought that he wasn't going to be able to be much he is a small wide receiver but he's been he's been good yeah he's been really kind of a revelation you know a very underrated player I think a guy coming out of college that wasn't very it wasn't touted well partly because he had some uh, off-the-field issues coming uh, when he was drafted, um, drafted in the fifth round. But I, I agree with you, Jim. I think Tyreek Hill will be that guy. You know, I hope for the Chiefs' sake that he does become that big play guy that they desperately need on offense. Um, but until then, I, I just think it's going to be tough going up against a very underrated Titans defense. I, I got to disagree with you. This Chiefs team, they have playmakers. Travis Kelsey, he's in the top 10 of receiving yards in the league. And... Spencer Ware has looked great at many points this season. Like you said, Tyree Hill, the burner. And they have Jamal Charles coming back in, I believe, week 17. He's going to be back for the playoffs. This team, I think they can go deep in the playoffs. Yeah, and I agree. I, I, I definitely agree that they have the playmakers. I guess what my point is is that they're not consistent. You know, I, okay. I am a Spencer Ware owner for fantasy in the last three weeks. He's given me an average of like 6.5 points. He's consistent on, you know on offense and, and as is Travis, you know, Travis Kelsey, I, I, I like that you mentioned that he's in the top 10 in receiving yards. I, you know, that's a guy that's definitely underrated still at the tight end position, I believe. Um, but I agree with you. I think well, the he's the best there. tight end in the league right now with Gronk out. I know, which is, which is kind of scary. Cause we, you know, we talk about him, but he's not like, he's not on Gronk's level of being talked about. Um, we don't talk about him every day as being kind of a game changing position player for the chiefs. Uh, as we do Gronk with the Patriots when we talked about, you know, when people were talking about Gronk being out for the season, everyone was thinking, oh, there goes the Patriots offense. Um, you don't really think about that when you think about Travis Kelsey, though, but I think we need to start thinking that way. So moving on to the next game, we're going to begin back, uh, staying in the conference here. Oh, by the way, who did you take for that Titans-Chiefs game? Uh, the Titans. Okay, bold choice one. and an incorrect one, I believe. <laughs> But anyway, the next game, the Steelers and the Bengals. Steelers eight and five, uh, going against the Bengals, who are five seven and one. So this is a game as a Steelers fan that I'm kind of scared about. This is um, this game. 
it, it's a trap game, always is. The Bengals always play the Steelers super tough, super dirty, really. Um, it's always a rough game. Both teams are, you know, very, very competitive with one another. Um, I, I take the Steelers still, but in a, in a, you know, in a close game again, something like, you know, 20 to 17, I think it's going to be a defensive battle. It's going to be determined by who makes the least mistakes. Do we know if AJ Green's going to be back for this game or not? There, I'm not sure if we do. Um, they were saying that he, he could be closer to returning on Sunday this week, but I think he needs to have a, a good, um, you know, rest of the week of practice, especially probably Sunday morning and Saturday um, to determine whether or not he comes back. I think if he comes back, I think, you know, the, the Bengals' chances of winning go, you know, higher, but I he's still not going to be at 100%. Hamstring injuries are really hard to deal with, and the Steelers' um, defensive backfield is kind of underrated this year, I think. That is very true, so I'm going to guess that you're taking the Steelers in this game? Well, absolutely. As a Steelers fan, I can't say otherwise, so... I, uh, I'm going to disagree with you here. I think this is a trap game. This is going to be the Bengals pulling out a win, especially if A.J. Green is back. But even without the Steelers' defense, I think they are playing over their head. I think they need to regress to their mean because I did not think they were that good starting the season. They've surprised me, but I think they're, they're going to kind of fall down here and the Bengals are actually going to take the W. Well, and I think um, to speak about what you talked about with the defense, um, it, personally, I disagree with you. I think the the Steelers' defense is underrated this year. I think they've started to come into their own. They got a lot of rookies playing, you know, decent minutes, and I think that's why they sucked at the beginning of the season. But since then, they've surely started to come on. Artie Burns at the cornerback one position. He's a big, lengthy guy who can match up with the number one receiver. Sean Davis at the safety position and Javon Hargrave at the nose tackle position. All are, are giving getting key snaps, and they're really making plays. Artie Burns is. That's the guy from The Simpsons, right? No. <laughs> no, you are wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, our, our next game that we got coming up here is the Lions and Giants. Both a 9-4 and four sneaky possible game of the week here. Who are you taking, Dub? Because I got the Giants. I don't really know, to be honest. This is one of those games. First of all, I didn't think either team was going to be 9-4 and four at this, at this uh, point in the season. I thought they both had another year to rebuild us especially oh didn't you think that the lines were going to get much better without calvin johnson which (laughs) i thought nobody thought that so um i i like the giants for this one too i think you know i think matt stafford's going to kind of come back back down to earth this uh this week against a very good giants defense I, i like the giants in this game I agree. Uh, I'm not sure if Jason Pierre-Paul is going to be back this week or not. He, of course, was out last week over the victory over the Cowboys, which was all the more impressive without Jason Pierre-Paul back there and them getting it done still. Snacks Harrison has been phenomenal. Olivier Vernon has been great. And I don't know if we've seen Matt Stafford against the defense as good yet. No, we haven't, and this is a much, you know, not not an awful offensive line, but definitely a much worse offensive line than the Cowboys' offensive line is, and that, that offensive line got bullied last week against the Giants. I, I just don't see Matt Stafford having enough time in the pocket, really, to make any big plays um, as he's been, you know, accustomed to this season, so... I, I agree with you, Jim. I don't. I think this is going to be a test for the Lions. If the Lions can pull this one off, I'm calling they win the division, personally. But, um, you know, we're going to see. I think the Giants, though, are going to win this one. And this could be Victor Cruz's last game at home, so he is hoping to do one more salsa dance. 
For our next game, uh, we are going to stay in the same division of the NFC North. We have the Vikings 7-6 and six, going against the Colts 6-7. and seven. Who are you taking here, Doug? Because I got the Colts. Again, this is there's a lot of tough week, uh, games this week, I think. Um, I think the Vikings are going to pull this one off. I think the Colts defensive line, or excuse me, um, offensive line is going to have a hard time dealing with the Vikings pressure up front. Um, you know, and I think it's going to be a close one. Um, both teams kind of under underperforming this year to, you know, we thought the Vikings were going to be great this year. Now they're seven at six and, you know, the Colts with Andrew Luck seem like they're kind of wasting away his good years. So I, I, I see the Vikings winning this one, though, and keeping pace with both the Lions and, and Green Bay in the NFC North. The Lions, they they frustrate me. I, I, I see that there could be so much there. Stefan Diggs, he's a good player. Adam Thielen, he's been doing pretty good. Kyle Rudolph, where's Laquan, Laquan Treadwell then? Their number one pick. I think he has two receptions this year. Uh, uh, they frustrate me. Yeah, and it's it's really, I honestly think, you know, a lot of people have been blaming the coaching staff, the offensive coaching staff especially, and Sam Bradford. But I think what it really gets down to, you know, at least when it comes to the Vikings' offensive performance, it comes down to that offensive line there. I think, I can't remember exactly, but they're on their, like, 10th, you know, plus starting offensive line combination um, this season. It's ridiculous how many injuries they've sustained on that offensive line. They lost uh, Matt Khalil at the beginning of the season, their left tackle, and then his replacement, Jake Long, <laughs> was lost right after that within a, I believe it was an Achilles injury. I, I apologize if that's not right. But regardless, the the offensive line just has been battered all season long. And when you don't have an offense, you know, an offensive line that gives your quarterback enough protection, you know, that can run block, which we've seen that the, oh, they've been terrible. The worst, the worst rushing team in the league, you know, it doesn't help. I think they're the Packers are probably up there too. Yeah. I think, I think technically the Vikings are 32nd. I think they're right below the Packers, but Jarek McKinnon averaging three yards a carry, (laughs) which does, we should mention that Adrian Peterson is now practicing again. He might possibly start next week against the Packers. I don't see. I, I don't think Adrian Peterson coming back is going to help the uh, the Vikings offense at all. I think it. You know, he's. You know, Adrian Peterson is a game changing player, but with that offensive line the way it is, there's no way anyone could run behind that offensive line. So you have the Vikings there. Yep. Well, next game coming up, we have the Jaguars at Texans. I, of course, am going to take the Texans there. Yeah, and. <laughs> The Texans, to me, are a team that looks like they should be um, four and nine right now, not seven and six. Uh, offense is just getting enough production out of um, Lamar Miller and Brock Osweiler and company um, to win seven games, and you know most of that credit should go to the defense of the Texans. However, um, they're first in the AFC South right now, but. They need to, and they need to win this game in order to keep pace with the Titans. Who, as I, you know, as I said before, I think they're going to beat the Chiefs. It's going to be a, a close game. I think. I think Texans will pull it out, though. Jaguars just a mess um, in every phase of the game, especially among the coaching staff. And I just don't see the Jaguars winning this one. So Braxton Miller has been moved to injured reserve following, I believe, injury against the Packers. I believe. Uh, so that is another weapon that they're going to lose on offense. Uh, but 
it doesn't really seem to matter if there's a bunch of weapons on offense for Brock Osweiler because he's not really spreading it around much. Is it possible that we see Tom Savage before the year's end? I I wouldn't doubt it, man. I I could see it. I think if they're in the running for the AFC South, they're going to stay with Osweiler just because, you know, he has shown flashes of what he had, you know, last year and the kind of potential that he has exhibited throughout his career. Um, but it, it's not consistent. He's the most inconsistent quarterback, you know, just it, really there's just stretches of time where he's just awful. And it's it's sad that you meant, you know, you mentioned that they have all these weapons, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Will Fuller, their first round uh, pick this year and then Braxton Miller they lost for the season but you know they got Lamar Miller a guy who's a very underrated running back I think you know these these guys who can move the ball on offense but Osweiler just isn't just isn't playing well he's not even playing like he's not even playing well enough to be considered a you know a game managing quarterback and uh, both of these teams have been disappointing as a way to put it this year which Really thought the Jaguar was going to be better. Another team that I thought was going to be better this year was the Arizona Cardinals. This week they are five seven and one and going against the Saints, who are five and eight. I still believe in the Cardinals. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they still got something in them. Losing um, Michael Floyd this week, maybe that'll jumpstart some of the other players. But I'm taking the Cardinals here. Yeah, I agree with you, Jim. I think the Cardinals. You know, they're all but mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, so there's still hope. Um, I think I, I feel like the Cardinals are going to win out personally. I think they're going to finally, you know, get the fire that they've been lacking all season long. I don't think eight, seven, and one is going to do anything though. It's not going to do anything. I, I agree. I agree with you. I think they're going to they're going to miss the playoffs. Um, you know, and they're they're already talking about you know Bruce Arians possibly retiring at the end of the season because of all the all the you know the stress he's been dealing with this season. He's been had uh, you know he had that that scare. They had sent him in the hospital. Um, but I agree with you. I think the Cardinals are going to win this game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring one. Absolutely, and that would mostly be because the Saints' defense is absolutely terrible, uh, and I think this is a way to maybe jumpstart Carson Palmer again. Uh, he's going to see just get his confidence back and get a couple deep passes maybe to John Brown or something. It could be at least exciting for them. Yeah, I the Cardinals were my pick to represent the NFC this year, and it's been really disappointing to see them come in this season and, and just be really inconsistent. Um, you know, David Johnson, despite averaging, or excuse me, putting up more than 100 yards uh, from scrimmage every game, I, that's that's nuts that this team is 5-7-1 and one with a player of that caliber um, starting and playing for them. So the next game uh, where that we're going to be getting to it could be another blowout game. This is the 49ers 1-12 and on the season. Really disappointing season. Going against the Falcons, who 8-5 and now are probably the best offensive team in the league. I agree with you. The Falcons got so many weapons on offense. It's nuts. Um, you got two, two running backs in Devontae Freeman and... Tevin Coleman, you got Taylor Gabriel coming on as kind of a you know a little gadget wide receiver player, uh, Julio Jones, and you got uh, uh, Muhammad Sanu as well, um, established veteran. So they got the weapons on offense. I think this is going to be a huge blowout against the Niners, who have, you know, I think they, I, I'm not sure exactly, but I think they have the worst measured defense in the league, um, especially against the run. I, I could see. The Falcons just lighten it up. Uh, One season. person that has really impressed me this season is Taylor Gabriel. 
he was didn't work out with the Browns, so the Falcons pick him up, and he is averaging as much per catch as Julio Jones is, averaging 17.4 yards a catch, which is insane. Matt Ryan is a true deep field quarterback, and that's why I love watching him play. Yeah, the the Falcons are going to go to the playoffs this year. I think they're going to ride the back of Matt Ryan and all the explosive weapons that they have on offense. Um, as I mentioned before, this is going to be a blowout. I don't, I don't think it's going to be close. So Yeah, Julio Jones, we don't know exactly what he's going to be like. He's still got dealing with turf toe, which basically makes it impossible to move your, your big toe. So uh, he might be caught up. The next game that we're going to be going to could be also high scoring. That is the Raiders, who are 10-3. and three. Uh, they're going against the Chargers, 5-8, and eight, and I'm going to take the Raiders in that one, and Delp, I forgot to ask who you're taking in the last one, but I'm assuming it was the Falcons. Yeah, bro. I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't explicitly say that, but absolutely the Falcons in that one in a blowout. Um, and then going on to the next game with the Raiders and Chargers, I'm worried that this could be a trap game for the Raiders, a divisional game. Um, the Chargers are a very competitive team and a very talented one at that, They've just been plagued with injuries and just some inconsistency all year, especially from Philip Rivers, who is has been kind of horrid the last few weeks, um, putting up more uh, uh, turnovers than he has touchdown passes. So I'm going to take the Raiders in this one, but I would not be surprised to see the Chargers um, beat them because there would be nothing more than the Chargers would love to do than to kind of halt the um you know kind of further halt the Raiders momentum that they've had this season I think that this will be a trap game like you said I'm taking the Chargers in this one I think that they're going to come back I am very hesitant because as of right now we don't even know if Joey Bosa is going to play he has been full practice and we're also not sure if Melvin Gordon is going to be playing and all the pieces that are missing on the Chargers but I, I just got a weird feeling I, I feel like it's going to happen Melvin Gordon wants to come back because he wants three more yards just so we can get to 1,000 yards. And Chargers have surprised me. Tyrell Williams is their leading receiver with 905 yards. Where did that come from? Nobody expected that. Yeah, one thing I do want to say about the Chargers this season is despite all the injuries they've dealt with, Danny Woodhead, you know, um, Keenan Allen, they've they've really, the, the younger guys, they've stepped up. And, you know, especially among the receiving core and Tyrell Williams, Dontrell Inman, um, those guys have really stepped, those two especially have stepped up and kind of filled the void that those two, you know, when they got injured, um, that those two left um, because of their injuries. So it's going to be a close one, I think. I think I think Raiders pull this one out. Um, it's going to be, you know, last, you know, kind of fourth quarter magic again from Derek Carr. Um, so, yeah, I picked the Raiders. An exciting game coming up this week. We talked about how the Lions and Giants could be the game of the week, but another one could be the Patriots and the Broncos. Patriots are 11-2 and going against the 8-5 and Broncos. But this still is going to be a fun game. I think it could be pretty high-flying. Trevor Simeon has been looking lights out, but I'm still taking the Patriots here. Yeah, I am picking the Patriots too. Um, one thing worth mentioning is that the Patriots picked up Michael Floyd off of waivers after the Cardinals cut him because of the uh, the DUI he had this past weekend. Which means he's going to go for 1,500 yards next season. Yeah, right. So the the Patriots, you know, they're con- continuing kind of their, um, you know, their trend of picking up a lot of these either, you know, embattled players or these guys that are kind of underrated. 
And, you know, somehow, you know, that Josh McDaniels offense along with, you know, Tom Brady's magic, it's going to make it work. I think you could see an impact from Michael Floyd as soon as next week already. I'm picking the Patriots for this one too. The Broncos, I, I think the Broncos have kind of overachieved this year. Their offense not too consistent despite all the weapons that they have. I think Simeon is getting better, though, as the season's gone on. That defense is what's carrying them, man. Um, I, I could see a very good matchup between the Patriots wide receivers and um, Aqib Tlaib and Chris Harris, though, of the Broncos. It's going to be a good matchup, I think, on both sides. I think Trevor Simeon has been playing just phenomenal the past couple games that he's been in there. And Dub, you as a Steelers fan must just be hating that you guys got rid of Emmanuel Sanders. Look what he's done this year. 75 receptions, 958 yards. It's insane. Yeah, he's he's had a great season. Emmanuel Sanders has always been a talented wide receiver. And yeah, you know, it, it's never fun to, you know, see a former player on your team do well on another team, do better on another team, in fact. But you know, I think the Steelers have won out in the end, to be honest. <laughs> but who's in for running back this week for the Broncos? Justin Forsett, their lead running? Well, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Uh, you know, Justin Forsett fumbling at his first touch as a Bronco last week. So I don't know. I think this is this is what's killing the the Denver offense really is that they're rush they don't have a rushing game. Um ever since you know CJ Anderson looked good at the beginning of the season, but then he kind of got inconsistent. And then you got injured, um, and now you got you're stuck with Devontae Booker, uh, Capri Bibbs, and uh, Justin Forsett, who's on his third team of the season. So, you know, it's it's never a good sign when you're when you're starting a um, journeyman running back throughout his entire career as your starting running back. The next game coming up here, we have the Buccaneers against the Cowboys. The Cowboys, of course, were looking hot and then kind of fell back down to earth a little bit last week against the Giants. And now they're going against the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers have been playing really well as of late. Uh, they became relevant the past couple of games, and over their last five games, oh, I can't believe I lost this. Yeah, but over their last five games, they are 5-0, and oh, so they are the hot hand coming into this game. That's why I'm taking the Buccaneers. I, I'm also taking the Buccaneers. It's... It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a great game. You just game. like agreeing with me is no, what I think it is. No, that's not what it is. I, there's been a couple times I disagreed with you. Um, I But, no, I agree with your logic. They're the hot team coming in, man, and they got to stay stay pace in the NFC where there's a lot of teams vying for that last wild card spot. Um, and, you know, the Buccaneers still got a really good chance of winning the division. They're tied with the Falcons right now. Um, the Falcons have the head-to-head over them, but it's I could see the Buccaneers – the Buccaneers are just, they're starting to click. You know, they've got a bunch of young guys, um, but they're starting to click, which is awesome to see. And let's not forget who the best wide receiver is in this game. Not Des Bryant, but Mike Evans. I think he is absolutely probably the best player in this game. He has been phenomenal. Yeah, Mike Evans, you know, possibly the best wide receiver in the league this season. Just a monster. And, you know, the... He is he is Jameis Winston Winston's go to guy. Um, I, I I can see him continuing his pace and putting up big numbers this game. I one thing I do want to talk about Robert Agayo. There, the Bucks shocked the world this year and got a second round pick of a kicker, and it has not turned out. If he would did not, if he was not a second round pick, he would not be on this team this year. Yeah. Um, Nobody expected that pick, really. That was kind of a shocking pick, just like when the Raiders picked Sebastian Janikowski, the first um, 
pick back, you know, back in the early 2000s. Just he's 15 for 22 on the season. Um, not working out. Hopefully he can, you know, start to fix his problems. Otherwise, you know, the Buccaneers might be, you know, rethinking their second round pick from this year. And that could be, that could spell trouble. Absolutely. It doesn't, if it was just about making, you know, 45 pick or 45 yard kicks, everyone could be a kicker. But the thing is, it's all mental. That's the problem with the kicker. So you got to make sure that you have a strong mental kicker. Yeah. And you can tell there's sometimes I've been watching Buccaneers games and it just looks like he's terrified to be out there. Um, like he can't handle the pressure. And as you said, Jim, that's great that you brought that up that, um, the, that's the big, that's really the biggest part of the game is the mental aspect of kicking. So, you know, hopefully he pans out for them. I personally believe he will. Every kicker goes through a certain year and it's, you know, I guess it's a good thing that he's going through it his first year. So, you know, again, just to recap, I'm picking the Buccaneers for this game. And our last game, this is going to be the Sunday night game this week. The Panthers five and eight go to the Redskins seven, five and one. I'm taking the Redskins here. Yeah, I again, I'm going to agree with you, Jim. I'm picking the picking the Redskins. I think Kirk Cousins is the quarterback of the future for the Redskins. He's got a great, you know, and hopefully the Redskins re-sign him this season to a long-term deal. He deserves it the way he's been playing all season long. He has, um, he has the perfect system he's playing in, perfect amount of weapons around him, and that Panthers defense, man, is just not as good as they were last year. They're really missing Josh Norman, and again, another kind of revenge game possibly. Um, Josh Norman on the Redskins now going up against his former team in the in the Panthers. I do love the revenge game. Yeah, narrative. absolutely. Yeah, um, I think he's gonna have a good game against the Panthers. So I, I'm picking the Redskins for this one. And I will say the main reason that I am picking the Redskins is Cam Newton has been playing very poorly. He now has five games in a row with under 50 percent completion um, percentage, uh, which is the longest streak in the NFL since the Tim Tebow days. And that's why I haven't had him in my top five of quarterbacks for a while. Even last year when he was on his MVP run, he just he put it together for a couple games last year. But he's not that consistent, and he's not an accurate passer. And I'm also disappointed in Kelvin Benjamin this year. I thought he would be doing a lot better. Yeah, um, another one of my fantasy players in Kelvin Benjamin, very inconsistent this year. I think it's almost hurt the Panthers' offense in a sense that, you know, at least it looks that way because last year their offense was, you know, just on a roll and now they re-add another guy in. There is something to be said about that when you re-add someone else, you know, especially a guy that demands so many targets as Kelvin Benjamin does. It's kind of funny to see that the top two MVP candidates from last year in Cam Newton and Carson Palmer are just very erratic and just don't look like themselves. They don't look like they did last year. And it's kind of sad to see almost, um, I'm a believer in Cam Newton. I think he is a good quarterback. He's a top 10 quarterback, but it's just something happened this year. And it's, it's just sad to see. Well, we'll be looking forward to that game. Uh, that wraps it up for today. So, we would like to thank you for listening. Once again, check us out on social media. We have a Facebook, a Twitter, and Instagram. Just make sure you look it up and get connected with us because we would like to hear more from you. So we'll be going over all of these games on Sunday night. Dub, thank you for coming in today. Yeah, thanks once again for having me, Jim. Had a great time, um, and I look forward to doing it again. 
And thank all of you again for listening. And until next time, this has been the Overtime Football League. <laughs>